Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is uh, Quentin, your host of the Manology Project. I am back once again. I know I haven't done anything live in a long time, so uh, I wanted to make sure I had a special guest before I came back on. And so I think I've done you guys a just service by bringing on a special guest on today. This is a new friend of mine, Mr. Javier. I would say his last name, but we already laughed about it, and I do not want to butcher it. <laughs> so I'll let him say his last name. But uh, but he's an author. Uh, here's the book here. We got Boundless Love, uh, that uh, healing your marriage before it begins, that he co-wrote with his wife, Christina. Uh, I've been reading some of this book. I want to let you guys know that it is a very good read. Uh, they're very transparent about their relationship uh, between each other, uh, their past relationship. Uh, before they got married, and the, the the new relationship they're building together with God, and so I think this guys would be a really good read for you guys. And so uh, I'm gonna keep stop chatting and let Mr. Javier introduce himself. How's it going, sir? Oh, it's going great, great. Thank you. And I guess my last name is Jerena, and you know it's, it's it's difficult to pronounce, I think, but. That's how you pronounce it, but it's all good. It's all good. I, I'm just grateful to be here with you. Um, very, very humble, very um, in debt with, uh, with, with you doing. I think I, I should be step it up. Uh, for me, it's an honor to be here <laughs> and, and step it. it up to be with you and, and, deliver, and deliver value. I think that um, it's, it's always that that uh commitment that i make to myself how can i how can i be a better person today than right. i was before that i was yesterday right um but on today man i just want to i did have a topic for us that we were going to talk about and uh basically um we both come from not similar backgrounds um but we both had to change our life for the better uh we all both had to use god as a tool to uh to uh, to uh, traject us into the men that we are today um and so i think a lot of men are out there even today um as i look at just some of the um, the statistics that i've been looking at so suicide rate for men is is high um divorce is extremely high mm-hmm. uh you have uh adultery is high <laughs> uh you have fathers leaving their their kids uh uh, or not even leaving their kids. Some fathers who don't even, you know, feel that they even need to take care of their kids. Um, and so when we look at that, uh, basically that's, I look at that and I think that, you know, where are we going wrong as men today? And are we opening up these avenues and these doorways so that other men can actually have the opportunity to be able to heal, uh, discuss their pains, uh, so that's what this platform manology is all about. So this this platform is based around men being able to share and to be able to heal. So our topic on the day was based around how do we handle the fires of life after being burned? <laughs> uh, you know, and, and I'm going to give you just a little context, right? So um, my parents got divorced when I was 10. Uh, the whole marriage was just a you know, from those 10 years were just crazy. Right. Um, but 
my mom saw it upon herself to my mom was not saved uh through the beginning of the marriage but then she did get saved towards the end of the marriage ending uh, but then my mom prayed over us you know at this high rate we're talking like it felt like it was like five years in a row that she just poured oil on us and prayed because she didn't want us to be um like the old man that my dad used to be uh, because he's not that guy today uh, but who he used to be so um but i could have been pretty scarred from that um i mean i could have went a whole nother direction in my life and um uh, but I still took a lot of fire along the way to get to, to the man that I am today. So uh, kind of share your story a little bit uh, so people can kind of get an understanding on what we're talking about and why it's important as men to take authority over the themselves, over their minds, renew their minds and stuff. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and it, I think it's a great topic. And, and when I got your question, I th I was thinking about um, I think there's two two stories to this. Uh, one of them is how did I surrender to to God to to really realize that there was something there was something there that He wasn't working with my upbringing or my way of thinking or my beliefs. Right. Uh, and one incident that I wanted to share. And I think there is a snippet on the book, but I, I didn't elaborate the whole story. Is when I turned 40, my my wife threw me this party. Um, and and in that party, obviously, like I I haven't I haven't been drinking two years. I'm I'm sober and I decided to to let go of alcohol just for health reasons and also to to really take um feelings in a, in a different perspective instead of numbing myself. But when I was 40, we had a party and, and we had a, a table service, which is, it's very exciting when you get table service and you're mm -hmm. drinking and you're, and I remember my wife looking at me thinking, you know, you're drinking a lot and, <laughs> and I can see, I can see things were triggering and anger was triggering to the uh -huh. point that at that, that night it, it escalated with a huge argument <clears throat> in a restaurant post the party. And that argument escalated to the point that my brother took me out in the parking lot of the restaurant and told me to come down, um, escalated on the way home. Uh, my brother uh, drove us home. And then the tipping point was, I, I uh, very familiar with angry management and my anger got to the point that I destroyed private pro property to the point that I wasn't realizing. It, the more that I, the more chairs that I broke, the more holes that I punch, the more craziness I got, the better it felt. Just oh no! <laughs> it was all this anger elevating. I am breaking the door. My kids uh, back in those days, my younger one was a year and a half. My older one was, uh, I believe, uh, let's see, six years old. My wife is in the bathroom dialing 911 because she's in feeling danger for, for her life. Mm -hmm. And I am breaking property to the point that I hurt myself. And then I'm realizing this is it. This is the moment. This is it. You hit bottom. Uh, the cops are going to come. 
they're going to arrest you in front of your kids. You're going to go to jail. And this is it. And I remember uh, opening the garage to my house mm-hmm. and looking. I, I was literally visioning the cops coming into my driveway and really pulling, pulling the gun on me because I, I think, you know, by, by the way, my wife was doing the 911 call and I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure uh, people were, the, the, the dispatcher was hearing the noise that I was making. They were going to come and, and take their guns out. Um, nobody came. They came 10 minutes later because they got lost. Ah. And I decided to walk very slowly because I knew they were coming. Oh, okay. And I decided to keep moving and keep walking. And I was crying thinking, this is it. This is the bottom line. And at that point in time, I can feel God's presence saying, hey, I think I'm going to let this one go. You need to go back home. And if the cops are there, you got to surrender. And if they're not, then this is it, man. This, this is it. This is your last chance. And out of the blue, the cops came. Um, my wife did not press charges. Um, she left the house that night right away with my brother. And I came to my house. And, and the pain that I felt looking at the uh, private property that I broke and looking at uh, the bedrooms of my of my girls being empty, obviously, because they left with my brother. Right. And in my bedroom, uh, I'm I really the pain the pain was very hard, and I remember getting down on my knees and, and really praying. Um, so that was that was huge. That was that was very tough. That was a waking moment for me. I thought I was I thought I was safe. I thought I thought I had everything under control. And that's one of the uh, things that I think as men um, is that we're bombarded with so many things over our lifespan and we don't talk, right? That's like our, <laughs> that's our yeah. Achilles heel is that we do not want to share information about how we feel. And so this ends up kicking our tail, right? So what ends up happening is that we continue to suppress, continue to suppress more stuff happens. We suppress that on top of stuff that is already kicking our tail. Like, yeah. you know, like, uh, and like I said, so parents get divorced at 10 and then all of a sudden, you know, we don't have anywhere to live. We don't have any money. We don't. So you're watching this cycle and you're like, Oh my goodness. You know? And then even when I was younger, it was just like, wow. And we were like a big church family. So I'm thinking, so does God even really see us over here? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, we're over here struggling and it's like, he doesn't even see us. Um, but what ended up happening is that uh, God literally just started showing himself um, in our life. So I was able to actually see him do stuff that I, you know, it was like, nobody could do that, but God, I mean, we don't have nowhere to live. And all of a sudden now on Wednesday, we have somewhere to live. The house is fully furnished. We have food, we have this. And so, you know, that God is working on your behalf. Um, but the thing is, is that when we as men getting we're getting burned and, and so many different things happen to us. Like you said, it's a violent act. So you, your scream was pretty much just in violence. Um, mine was pretty much the same thing. I had a hot temper. My dad had a hot temper. So uh, that was probably my biggest prayer before I even got married is that um, I did not want to be married until I was actually delivered. 
I'm talking to the soul, to the marrow of my bone, delivered from the quick temper. Uh, because you can't be married to no woman <laughs> and be quick tempered. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> because they require us to be so patient. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they require patience, understanding, um, self-control, yeah. you know, like, and this is just going with your story is that all of this stuff happened and your wife is, is afraid basically because they actually entrust in us to be able to provide all of that for us. So when you yes. look, when you look at where, so you said, okay, so God, you know, did a work in your life, but when you look at that and we've talked before um, and like I told you, I think that your story was like well needed for people to hear because I think a lot of men have went through this type of uh, process in their life one way or the other. So what would you say would actually had stemmed or actually festered in you that you were actually able to see when God started to do the work, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, what I reflected and that, that night I reflected where, where did it all come from? Because you're like, wow, this is big. And I start reflecting that I had a pattern of, of a short temper and angry management in my past. And where that come from, where, where that come from is my dad had that. My dad, I, I saw my dad losing it many, many, many times. And then uh, it sticks with you and it kind of, in a way, in your subconscious level, you think that's the way you got to treat uh, women and you got to treat everybody else. Right. So that kind of stick with me. And it was more of going back into my childhood and doing a lot of healing, uh, a lot of healing of spending uh, four years in an or uh, orphanage and being uh, abused by the clergy and, and, and seeing things that uh, I wish no other kid will see. And, 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 and really looking back and, and really telling myself that, you know, you've been safe right. um, by Jesus and look at you now, right? You tell the old, the, the, you tell the, the, the younger you right. look at me now, everything is going to be okay. I know it's painful, but everything is, is going to be okay. And really reflecting in that and really surrendering, surrendering to God. I think it's really hard for men to surrender we think we have everything under control, everything. And we got nothing. We got <laughs> we nothing, nothing under nothing control. Under I tell control. man, I said, you got nothing, my friend. You have nothing. nothing. <laughs> That's right. You got nothing. And I think, I think surrendering to God in there, I think for me coming from such an alpha uh, dad, right? My father was such a warrior. Uh, he was a political prisoner in Spain, lost one lawn. Uh, he had tuberculosis, survived tuberculosis. Um, he had three heart strokes. Um, I mean, my father, I see my father bottling uh, his uh, illness. And when you see your dad, you're like, man, I got to be like my dad. My dad was, I mean. A warrior, right. A warrior. <laughs> and then when you see your dad being a warrior and then he is has a short temper and he will lose it then you're like, okay, well, I think I got the pattern right. I think, right. I think, I think I'll be okay. Right. I think I'll be all right. And I think when he passed away when I was 12, my mom died when I was two. And when he passed away when I was 12, I said, I think I got this. I think I got this. And I got it all wrong. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is um, like really big into finding out exactly 
what does it take? Um, so we both kind of cross paths because we're both very, very much interested in, uh, in, in, in strengthening and encouraging men to be godly men. Um, uh, now we do a lot of work that's based around, you know, marriage. Um, but I think that from a singularity standpoint, men, I'm very hard on men. Like I think that we, we are the whole crutch behind society, uh, the culture, um, everything that's going on. I think that if men took the authority that God had given us, as far as being leaders, husbands, fathers, brothers, friends, uh, if we took that, that, that authority and actually started putting it into work the way that God meant for us to do, um, that we would actually, this, you know, it'll be a whole lot better <laughs> when you yep. look at the world, the way it's shaped right now. And like I said, in the beginning is that a lot of fathers uh, walk away from raising their children or, um, have damaged the woman so bad that she wants to use the kids as a pawn to manipulate the situation and then withhold the children from them. And I know a lot of guys get all messed up with that. Like, yo, she won't let me see my kids. I was like, you know, but the thing is, is that she's only acting out of something that actually penetrated her, which was she wasn't treated right. So if she yeah. can't beat you up, <laughs> she can't slap you around so she can't do any of this stuff but the only thing that she can do to 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 actually get at you would be to hold your kids and so this is from a you know men we have to think like long term uh when we're dealing in relationships because you just can't go around treating women any old type of way and then expecting the awesome results like you can't treat a woman crazy and then expect for her to no. be all happy go lucky yes come and see the kids yes you can do this that's probably not going to happen um and i like that you use the 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 major word which is surrender um because your path could have probably went even worse if you never would have surrendered um and i like that god actually you know kind of letting you know like bro you kind of like at a crossroad <laughs> i'm yeah. gonna help you <laughs> i'm gonna help you but at the same time <laughs> if you choose wrong if you know if you choose the wrong choose the wrong road you're going to be in a worse state uh, but just looking at our fathers uh and and when you when you start talking about your dad it was like that's the authority that's that that's that power that god gave us as men to our families is that yeah. your kids will look at you and think that whatever way that you say it is the way that that's the way to do it yep and it can and listen, and it can be a thousand percent wrong, and they'll fight people to the death that hey, this is the way my dad say do it, and this is the way I'm doing it. You know, like I told you, I got a 16 year old son, man, and this dude, he lives and breathes what I say. That's it. Dad yeah. said it. Dad does it. That's it. So right there, I knew at. One years old when that dude started being able to walk and move around and he wanted to put a t-shirt on like me and basketball shorts like me. And I knew that, okay, this is a little different, you know, like my dad, I didn't really get a chance to see that part of my own life. So I started being able to go, oh, okay. So I had to ask God, like, this is a little bit different. Like you didn't, I didn't really know that 
you know, your kids cling onto your every, everything. <laughs> yeah, that, absolutely. And I think, I think for daughters is, um, they're going to date you, they're going to date someone very similar to you. Yes. So the way you treat them, the way you are with them, uh, is going to be a reflection of who they're going to spend the rest of their life with. And that's a, that's a, from a main perspective, you got to think about the way you treating your spouse, you're treating your, uh, your partner because your kids are watching you and you are yeah, setting up that blueprint. One of the things that I, um, as you were talking about, um, you know, love and, and men and what they're lost. I, I believe that unless you experience God's love for you, it's hard to love another person the, properly the same way. It, it, <laughs> it's so hard. So for me, I grew up in a very male environment. My mom died when I was two. So I was a motherless child. And I understood what it is. A motherless child, you're growing up with what they call, you know, father love. Father love is completely different than a mother's love. Yes. So I didn't get that nurturing. I didn't get that. And I was seeking that with my relationships with women. Mm -hmm. And I will get frustrated. I will dump them in three, four months. And they were like, what is wrong with you? What you asking me to give you is a motherly love, not a girlfriend <laughs> relationship. And I'm like, no, no, you're wrong. So what, so what happened is you start, you start going from relationship to relationship, relationship to relationship. And you start understanding that, oh, oh, there's something here. And what right. it was is I was missing the motherly love. And then when I surrendered to, to God, I understood God loves for me. Right. And that kind of healed me as well. And I'm thinking, wow, wow, this is deep. Yes. If God loves me this way, if, if, if God is accepting me with my brokenness, right. And is 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 helping me, you know, moving forward and be the best version of myself. Yeah. Oh man, I, I own it to him. Yeah. I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta change. I gotta transform myself into what, God intended to be and let go of those demons, let go of that past relationship. So now I, I, when I think of my father, which I love dearly, um, I, I just want to give him the love that m my fatherly, my heavenly father has for me. Right. And, and the, f the funny thing is my dad, I inherited a book from my dad on how to become an atheist. So my dad was, an atheist, even though he asked for a priest before he, he was, he passed away. He asked for a priest for a blessing, but my dad was an atheist and, and I haven't read that book. I still have it. The mm -hmm. other day I was looking at it. I'm like, should I read it? And, <laughs> right. and, and it's so funny how God works, right? God right. is like, I'm, I, he's laughing, thinking, look at what you got in your hands and, and right. look who you are right now. So, so I always tell men that, they don't know what love is. And if you don't know what love is, right, then it's hard for you to, to really love your spouse, your children, your life, the moment, your life, the way it is. And I think that's why men uh, ha have a hard time talking about their feelings, right? Because they, yes. they, they want to, they, they think that being a male is the opposite of a female. Right. <laughs> And, and, and I'm like, and, no, it's not it. That's it, not it. It's, That's kind of, not it, it's, it's really far from that. It's like, <laughs> they, 
the thing is that you, you you doing the opposite of a woman doesn't make you a male. Like it doesn't it doesn't stamp you as this great man. It's just and that's I like the way you put that. That's like a crazy thought process. Um, but what I, and I do the same thing. So when I mentor young men, I tell them uh, the first thing I do is when I talk to guys who are talking about getting married. And so the first thing I ask these guys to do, I said, do me a favor. I want you to go and read. I want you to go find and read the scriptures that talk about men loving their wives as Christ loved the church. And I really, and I want you to write me, you know, maybe a try to get me like a one page summary of what you think that is talking about. Because that is really going to open up your eyes to understand the love of Christ mm-hmm. towards the church and what his expectations are for you as a man to your wife and to your family. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm bringing this up because you kind of open that door, which is men don't really understand love. Like you don't really understand it until you actually get a glimpse from God on what, what type of love God is talking about. And that's why he clearly says it. If you love your wife like you love the church, because the Bible never tells a woman to love a man. The Bible tells a woman to respect him. And in the respect, we feel loved. Like that's how we feel loved. When our wives and our kids respect us, that's why that's the, our main thing that we talk about most of the time is respect. You will respect me. It's like, you know, your mother is like, you don't love me, but men, we're saying you don't respect me. And if you don't respect me, I think that you don't love me. You don't trust me. You don't this, that, all of that falls up under respect. We hold respect as King in our life. So when you look at that, um, really understanding that God actually, uh, when we talk about being the head, we're actually the head and the foundation of our families. So -hmm. Jesus is literally our head of us, but he's also the the chief cornerstone, right? So he's like literally the foundation on which we build our life on. But at the same time, this guy actually, you know, Jesus actually protects us and covers us and loves us and he heals us. And he, he does all this great stuff for us. But at the same time, he's doing all of that with us standing on him as a strong foundation. So when I look at men, I say, Hey, as a husband, if you're not the strong foundation for this family, it's going to crumble. Yes. But but at the same time, as a strong foundation, you're also the covering. You're the you're the one that actually builds the right proper trust in the family. Like you build that. Like God built that with the church. Like that's that's how come you can do and this and this and this. And then God still stays very faithful. As long as you ask for forgiveness, as, as long as you're doing what you're supposed to do on your end. He forgives you. He brings you right back into the fold and life just keeps on moving on. Yeah. And that's a whole different type of love. Like that's not, (laughs) that's not the same type of love that you would actually learn if your father did not go that path. Nope. Cause my dad didn't go that path. Now, if you hear my dad talking now, you would think, man, your dad is one of the bad, this guy is a, but my even when me and my dad talked, my dad was like, "Man, I wish I really would have done it differently. Like, I really wish I'd actually got an understanding of what it really meant to be A, B, and C." And another thing too is that 
not trying to be like somebody else will have you being like that person because that's not the way to not be like someone. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, like you cannot not try to be like your dad. You got to have somebody intervene in the middle to cut those ties so that you can get out of that generational cycle. Uh, absolutely. And I, and I think to me, I mean, of course, I, a lot of people ask me if you, if you had the ability to go back in time, would you, what would you do? And I said, I, I wouldn't do anything at all. I, I, I love the life that I went through. I, I, yeah. I respect the pain that I went through, the trauma that I went through. Yeah. To me, it was a learning. Uh, and I learned another thing that I tell men is we're not disciplined enough. Right. And you've got to be disciplined. And, and, and Jesus did it. He was 40 days in the desert. He was disciplined. He was testing the human aspect that we're not disciplined. So if you're not disciplined around your wife, your kids, Yes. They, they, they smell it a mile away. And I yep. grew up with a dad that, yeah, he drink a lot. He smoke yeah. a lot. So when you see that and you're like, well, that's to release the stress. And also you hear from your dad's telling you, well, women, you got to treat women this way. And women are this way and they're wicked and they have this and they have this plan B and watch out and you don't do that. And everything becomes <laughs> a game. Then you're right. like, wow, it, 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 you, what kind of person are you going to be in your marriage? Are you wearing, right. are you being yourself? Right. And, and I grew up with that. I grew up with that. And, and I grew up with another thing that I tell you, men that I grew up with a father that um, having promiscuous sex, having cheating on your girlfriend was okay. Yeah. You're young. It's okay. Yeah. And that's detrimental. That will ruin you as a man. It, absolutely it definitely. absolutely it will take you from path it will take you from for where dark places that you don't want to be uh addictions to to things that you don't want to get you know it's, it's going to be tough so i grew up with that environment and then when you grow up with that environment and then i met christina and i'm like god this is the woman that i've been dreaming about but hold on a second she i'm so in love with her that she is touching the wounds She's touching the things that trigger me and everything trigger. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, I'm, I'm, I am very broken inside. I need to, yeah. I need to turn into God to, to really change. And I remember going into a spiritual retreat, a Christian retreat. And I remember coming back and she was in the driveway and she looked at me and she said, you know what? You're a different man. And I go, wow, I left, I left three days ago. She goes, yeah, <laughs> the Holy Spirit works in three days. Don't worry. Yes. And, yep. and, and, and I think every day I'm asking myself, God, give me the strength to be a better man than I was yesterday. Give yeah. me, forgive me for my mistakes and, and make me realize how, how the greatness that you offer every day. And I tell men that if you breathe in every day, it doesn't matter if your back hurts doesn't right. matter if, if you don't want to get up at four in the morning. That's, yep. hey, you're breathing, man. You have a family. You have a foundation. You have yep. greatness is, is with you. And, and I think that's something that when I was in the middle of my marriage, I wasn't realizing that. Yeah. You said something that was really important, um, that I, I, which is part two, which is part one is finding out how does Christ love the church? Uh, to, to, to say that, you know, how men should love their wife. And then part two is I normally tell guys this. Marriage brings out, show, brings out or it shows you the best in who you are mm -hmm. or could be. And it shows you 
the worst person that you could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been asking God on why is it such a press on that relationship? Like, uh, but all relationships press on you in that way. Um, and I think that that's why God is so, uh, 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 he's a, a, such a champion for relationship, loving thy neighbor as thyself. Uh, that's like the second greatest commission that he, that he put there, which is loving thy neighbor. Because basically he understands that, dude, if you, if you guys are always doing for each other and pressing and pressing, you'll continue to push out the crappy stuff in your life. That's what relationships do. So when you look up and say, man, what you doing? Or uh, kind of like how you said, where like you got married to Christina. And so then, then you have this episode, right? Well, that's marriage. Like marriage is built to press on you so that you can get rid of it. So, you know, I want to tell you, young man that's watching this, is that, yeah, marriage is not an easy thing. And yes, you may find yourself leaking out some crappy stuff in your life that, that you didn't even know was there. But that is what a relationship does. That's why, mm. the, the, that's why God requires us to actually have a relationship with him. Uh, you can quote scripture, speak in tongues, roll off of the floor. You can do all of that stuff. And I promise you, it won't come nowhere near closer than the relationship that you build yeah. with Christ. That is what's going to last. That is what's going to be honored. That's what he's looking for. Um, and so, and, and in that relationship with Christ, you find yourself doing stuff or saying stuff or this or that. Like, oh, I can't believe I did that. God, please forgive me. And he's looking like, hey, dude, I get it. This is why I want you to have a relationship with me. Because when you get into a relationship with me and we start going, getting closer to each other, we're going to, well, God is pure. So I'm going to be pressing, <laughs> you know, I'm going to press all the stuff out of you the closer you get to me. So the closer you get to me, the more pure you will be. So I know that we use words like no one can be perfect. No one can be that. No one can be that. What my thing is that, yes, but how many of us actually put in the hard work to build the right relationship with Christ for purification? Because that is going to be something that is a, is a toughie mm-hmm. is because how many of us actually yield our life over to Christ at the next level? Not you yielded, but then you still got all this junk around. You know, you're not, you're not casting any cares on Christ. You just saved or you just living for Christ. But I mean, literally like purging every single day. I definitely know that I'm closer to Christ than I was when I first got married. Yeah. Because I don't even do half of the stuff that I used to do. But when I first got married. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and one of the beauty, one of the beautiful things is, um, I, I know I, I, I'm guilty of telling other, other Christian men what they should be doing. Right. I don't do that anymore. I welcome them. I'm inviting them. Yep. If they want to participate. That's fine. But one thing is when you start working on yourself, you start building that relationship with, with Christ. I agree. Everything changed and the people around you change. Your wife will change. Yep. And the funny thing is, I keep saying they change. No, you are changing. So right. What happened is you are seeing the world through eyes, God. So, you know, so you, you're thinking they're changing, but no, no, God <laughs> has changed you. And you're like, oh, <laughs> and, and I think that's the beauty. You got to do right. that. Um, and, and really, um, 
work on that and having that time. And I think a lot of the things disappear, a lot of the temptations disappear, a lot of, for example, I, I, I get, I get angry. Yes, I do. Like right now I get angry. I mean, I have people telling me things and I, it's funny because now my daughters look at me and I'm like, they're like, God, dad, you're handling it very well. I'm going to go, let me tell you. I did have three seconds. I did have three seconds of the devil saying, go get that guy or say something and do something right. crazy. But right. I know God is saying it's not worth it. It's right. not worth it, my son. Let it go. And and when I let it go, I realized, okay, this is great. Another thing that I um, I wanted to add is um, asking questions. And I think it's so important for men. I think men, we think that we live in such a machista machismo world yeah that we think we need to be tough and then the tougher we are the more the more macho the more reserved or the more non-feeling we're gonna be we're gonna be super cool um and one of the things that i encourage uh husbands and fathers is to ask questions right ask questions on i'll go to my kids and say hey listen how can i be better tomorrow for you yep. how can i be a better father for you Tell me, yeah. it's not going to hurt my feelings. I want right. to know. I want to know what kind of experience you want to have, VIP experience that your father can be support. I go to Christina and say, hey, Christina, um, can you give me some feedback forward? How can I improve tomorrow? How can we make, you know, this time that it wasn't that perfect, make it better next time? Right. And the funny thing is that they, they will tell you, women will tell you, hey, do this next time, do that next time. <laughs> And then easy peasy, instead of like trying to, you know, recreate or create something that is not there. So right. I always ask, man, ask, you know, ask. That's what we do in prayer, right? We ask right. for guidance. We asking for the Holy Spirit to guide us, to give us awareness. And I think in any relationship, we gotta, we gotta ask that. And for men as well, right. I, I, I go to my brothers in Christ and I say, hey, man. You're my hero. I love you. I, I, I respect everything. I'm so right. grateful to be in your presence. I, I really appreciate being with you. How can I make this better for us? How can I be there for you of, of serving you as a brother in Christ? Right. I, I think that that's one of the most uh, important things. Um, I mentor about uh, right around seven to 10 guys. Um, and we try to meet every month. Um, but that is what I try to do for those guys. Um, I try to leave myself open to listen. Um, my, tell them my, you can always text me. You can always call me. Um, I'll always get back with you because someone has got to be, we have got to be able to, to help each other. Um, because men are only going to talk This is what I've learned over, over, this whole mentorship thing that God has me in for like the last uh, five years or so is that men won't talk in large numbers. Hmm. So if you got, you know, 2,600, 3,000 men, you know, it might be like 10 brave men. I might get up and say something, right? So you get 10 guys who might, yeah. uh, but if you give me a setting of 15 guys, I'll have 12 guys who will talk because we are more comfortable in a setting. That's the least amount of number of my information getting out because all we can think about is, okay, I'm about to tell these guys something about me and then I'm going to either look weak incompetent, mm. um, something, you know, it's, it, we don't even think that we're going to help someone. We don't, we don't see that, 
your testimony actually helps someone else. Absolutely. Uh, all your fires that you, that's why I want to talk about those fires is that going to alcoholism, porn, uh, violence, uh, drugs and all that stuff. It, we, we got to start actually figuring out how to run to God and then use those testimonies to actually help build another man who's going through those same things. Because like you said, we don't really talk like that. Um, uh, but once you get into the purpose, you know, we laughed about our purpose. Uh, you know, you guys are doing the marriage stuff. I, me and my wife, we do marriage stuff, but then I do uh, a lot of men, one-on-one men things uh, with uh, men. And that purpose is something else. You're actually, you know, you're on the clock 24 uh, seven because these guys need an outlet and they've yeah. already had many people or other men in their life shutting them out or showing them a different way. So somebody has got to step up. You do a lot of stuff with men. Those men need you to be open, to be honest, to be, to be all of that because they want to be, but they need somebody else to be that first. Like, you know how we are. It's like a double Dutch <laughs> jump rope. It's yep. like whoever get in first, then I'll follow after that. But I've just found that uh, I'm normally the first person to tell something about my life. So I'll share my life. And then right after that, then guys are like, oh, well, I guess I can tell, I guess I can share what I'm into or what I do or where I came from. Um, because basically, especially when someone looks at you and thinks that, you know, you're here. Like if somebody look at you and they think that you even might be here, I'm not saying you are there. I'm saying that they may perceive you to be here. And then when you talk to them and you tell them that, no, I came from here and it yeah. might even be below that. Like you're looking at this guy today and this guy is, this guy is in awe of what God has done. Like let's <laughs> don't, don't be confused to think that this guy is some superior. I got it all together. No, this guy is actually walking in humility because God chose to actually straighten out his life. Like that's how I look at it. And if you get yeah. in contact with me, then either you either straighten, like we met, like I said, our path just kind of crossed on the re relationship stuff. But I've already even told the guy that, Hey, what is the purpose for me, for me and Melissa meeting Javier and Christina? There's something way bigger than us just getting on podcasts and talking and having a good Absolutely. time. Yes. There's always got always has an ultimate end game plan. It may be for a season. This relationship may, we might be friends for the next 50 years till God comes back. We don't know, but I know that God always has a plan. You don't meet people. You don't meet and talk and share with people just because it happened, you know? And so as men, um, I think that we have to understand that when we're meeting other men and we're talking to them and stuff like that, don't be ashamed to share and, 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 and really open yourself up because you can help somebody who's in a dark place and you won't know it. Cause right. We don't talk. So somebody has got to say something, you know, I, sh I put my hand up. I'll be a person that'll say something. I already told yeah. God that I will definitely say something whenever I need to say it, whenever he wants me to say it, even if I feel uncomfortable about it, I'll still do it because I know just from my own life experience and then even talking with my dad is that somebody's got to start breaking some of these generational cycles that are going on. Yeah. Um, my dad said that that generation in our family had been going on as far as he can think back, that the crumby men were just this way. You yeah. Know? Oh yeah. My, and, I know my dad, I mean, I remember my dad talking about my grandfather. I never met my grandfather, but my grandfather was, I think was, um, 
I think uh, two notches of my dad, right? And <laughs> and that's and normally what it thinking, is. Yeah, like like for example, like I remember my brother uh, saying, "Oh man, you wash the dishes at home?" I'm like, "Yeah, I wash, I vacuum, I do the lunch for the girls, I clean the house, uh, I do, I iron the clothes, I wash the clothes, I do anything I can." to support my wife, not right. to support my wife, is to support my home. Right. To create that environment and whatnot. And it's like, oh, you do the cooking too? I say, yeah, I go shopping, you know, I pretend I'm a chef when I pick up my produce, it's, it's hella fun. And uh, <laughs> right. a, lot, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of men say, wow, wow. I said, no, but you don't understand. You know, it's just, I realized that we, we are so wrong as men and, and we need to, we need to, like you said, we need to be uh, honest with ourselves, open up our, our testimony and, and really be there for each other. And, and that's why I, Christina, I decided to write the book and I am so open to talk about my demons with anybody else because oh, yeah. I know, and you hit the point that we are, we are crossing paths and we, we're brothers in Christ now, but I know, I know that. Oh no, I think we got a little freeze out here. Mr. Javier must have uh, tipped some, t uh, some technical difficulties here. Do apologize about that. Let's see if we can get back in here before we close out this episode. Ah. Oh, I think he's going to dial back in. So hopefully you guys can just sit here with me. He should be dialing right back in here in a minute. Uh, but I hope you guys are actually enjoying this episode. Um, really wanted to really get some sharing in with you guys to really start to challenge yourself uh, to be better uh, in, in every aspect of your life. Uh, understanding that you do have to commit to actually being open and honest about who you are and where you're at in your life. Uh, also being open and honest about where you've come from and what has tried to create dysfunction in your life. Um, if you can look at that, uh, you, can, you can get it. And, um, and, and, and it'll be awesome. Okay, so what we want to do is I'm going to close on out. Uh, this has been a great episode. You guys can link in the, look in the description down there. I'm going to put all of Javier's information down there that you guys can get in contact with him. I don't think he is going to be able to get back on. So this is uh, Quentin, and uh, this, is, uh, this is a great show. I've enjoyed myself. All right, peace out.